to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the May issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Highlights of Feedlot Implant Labeling Changes Coming June 2023. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Alfredo de Constanza, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. In this article, you highlight some recent changes, or I say they're up and coming changes, but uh, they tie to recent changes in terms of rulings by the FDA in terms of use of ear implants and cattle. Walk through with us these labeling changes that have, are coming just on the horizon here in June and how that might impact producers as they think about the use of implants in cattle. Yes, uh, Aaron, thank you for having me. Uh, I believe that this is a uh the right time to talk about this. These changes have been in the works for nearly two years when FDA released the initial letter that it was their intent to clarify what products that are approved for implanting cattle for growth promotion may or may not be used in a sequence. And in, in, in that, uh, in the industry, we call that in a re-implantation procedure. Uh, we use product A followed by product B another 70 to 120 days later, perhaps. So FDA wanted to go back to each of those products and clearly demonstrate and recognize whether that product was initially approved for reimplantation or not under each of the four phases. It's really five phases, and I'll describe those here in a moment, uh, of production as they are recognized by FDA. So walk through with us those phases. Help us understand a little bit as they begin to break this down. How are they identifying what a phase is? And then, as you said, is an implant eligible to be used more than once? That that's correct, and thank you. Yes, for the opportunity to outline those phases. It's uh, they're simple. Uh, in the beef industry, we recognize them fairly well. FDA did an outstanding job of uh, recognizing the phases as we know them in the production industry. So the first one, of course, being pre-weaning or suckling calves, and I'll speak about how we recognize it within the industry and how the FDA calls it so that we can maintain a matching description of each, if if we will. So suckling, as we would know it, is divided by the FDA into two groups of baby calves uh, that would be under two months of age or greater or equal to two months of age, right to weaning. And that forms the first phase, according to FDA, and of course, according to our own production systems. The second one is, according to FDA, described growing cattle on pasture. Obviously, they, they have the descriptors of growing steers or heifers on pasture. Uh, we in the industry recognize it as, as stalkers, uh, whether they're grazing range, pasture, or corn stalks, for example. And that becomes comes a second phase. Obviously, it occurs after weaning. Uh, a few steers, a few heifers in the country may or may not go through the through this phase ever, but we need to understand that it exists. FDA does, and FDA has products or uh, companies have products clearly labeled for growing cattle on pasture. That's second phase. A third phase that exists on the FDA books and it obviously exists 
in the industry is growing cattle in a dry lot. Many of us will do that right after weaning. The one challenge when we match what FDA has for a description to what products have over the years been approved for the various production phases is that there is not a single, and I'll repeat, there is not a single implant product that fits growing cattle in a dry lot phase as described by FDA and understood by us. Let me explain that just a little bit more. And I'll explain that by moving to the last phase as recognized by FDA. The last phase, the label of it reads, growing steers and heifers in confinement for slaughter which has a subset known by FDA as growing in a grow yard for slaughter. So according to FDA, once the animal sets foot on a dry lot, feed lot, any place that does not grow grass or has standing uh, forage is considered a feed lot. And according to the lack of products, in the dry lot phase for just growing cattle and the abundance, if you will, of products for cattle in confinement for slaughter, and I'll come back to some labels here in a few minutes, it makes for the rest of us and for the practicality of the application of this this change, recognize a single phase once that animal enters a dry lot or a feed lot. And that phase could be 300 days, it could be 200 days, it could be 100 days. It's just one. So going back to how we match products that are labeled for re-implanting or, or not, if a product is not labeled for re-implanting after June of 2023, it can only be used one within each of these phases. And that happens to be the case for this last phase known as growing in confinement for slaughter, which encompasses backgrounding cattle and finishing cattle. And that's what creates the biggest challenge. So let's talk briefly about what may happen there if we have, let's take that an exaggerated dry lot period, such as a Holstein feeding period, which is 365 days, and you have the longest approved implant on an extended release like the X-type implants, access to be specific, then those implants pay out for 200 days. You're without implant for 165 days. That's that's what this will make happen to a dairy feeding operation. On a regular operation with, where perhaps cattle are on a finishing diet for 200 days after coming in from pasture, it should not create a serious problem as long as you're using either a reimplantation protocol approved by FDA starting in June or an extended X-type implant on that group of animals. So the biggest challenge is really for op- you know, operations that own cattle from the moment they set foot on the feedlot and they have over 200 days to go before harvest. And that's how we need to be concerned with that. Going forward, you know, we will see more approvals, Zoetis, to be specific, one of the manufacturing companies for growth promotion implants already has a group of approvals 
Uh, they're very specific. You must lay, follow the label on those uh, for reimplantation in this final phase. So to recap, within each period, which within each phase, we can only use a single product approved for that phase. Um, on the BeefWatch article, we have a very comprehensive table that describes actual trade name for the product that's available as of May of 2023. People are referred to or a BeefWatch a URL to be able to access that table and that article and have a, pic a picture of what these phases uh, look like in front of them. Uh, alternatively, they can visit with their nutrition professional to help them guide their decisions on, on implanting. And obviously, they can reach out to UNL Extension anytime they wish for us to uh, work through some of those strategies with them. One of the questions that comes to mind for me as I look at this and I think about the production system is just what happens with cattle in terms of a calf is born, it may be sold at weaning uh, to a different operator. That operator sells it after the stalker yearling phase, uh, could go to a summer grass program, and then that person sell it again and goes to a feed yard. How are these different operators supposed to communicate with one another? Is there What's the accountability that happens with implanting in these different phases? Uh, is there anything outlined if that area, or is it kind of still uh, based on just what people do with their own individual phase? That's an excellent question. Uh, there is, to this day, there, there is no guidance by FDA on how we might identify the procedures that have been done to these animals for growth promotion through the phases. One thing that I hear from professionals working for the manufacturing companies is that whatever you choose to do within your given production phase, you should probably take note of it, write it down, so that you are very intentional about what you were planning to do with this specific group of animals. So, so in the case you've described, uh, that uh, calf change hands pretty much at each phase of production, then each individual owner for that specific phase would have a, a protocol sheet that would say cattle were treated on, you know, May of 2023 at branding uh, with Cinevex C, for example, right? And so keep that as a record. You do not need to, you're not asked to bring it to the sale barn. You're not asked to pass it down. It's just simply to keep in case there's a question down the road. The practicality of how we commingle cattle, let's change your scenario just slightly and say that at weaning, they go to a grow yard rather than to a stalker operation. The grow yard is on label by applying one single implant. It's a dry lot. They use an implant that uh, is currently labeled as in confinement for slaughter. Uh, so in essence, they've spent the one implant that that phase permits and adding another implant would be off label, but that group of individuals or that owner will not do that. They bring them to the sale barn and those cattle disperse in many smaller bands or semi-large bands of cattle going somewhere else. Yes, the owner may bring the information to the sale barn and that information may track if, if that's uh, the choice of the 
sale barn owner, et cetera, down the road. But then it's going to be impossible for the feedlot managers to try and compile this information. So, so at this point, Aaron, we suspect that um, a need for continuity in uh, procedures is almost breaks down because of the size of the industry and the interactions of cattle movement in many directions once they get to a sale barn. I'm not saying it will never be implemented, but at this particular point in time, it almost is impossible to to track. The alternative is if I own the entire set of animals from weaning to harvest, then the comments I have made with regards to uh, staying on label by sticking to a single implant application for the implant labels that do not include reimplantation or choosing a product or a set of products that is approved for reimplantation seems to be the only choice. I guess as we move forward, I'm guessing there will be additional clarity on this or as you work with the industry, what are you hearing in terms of implementation of this? It appears while they're clear around the phases, some of the execution of how this occurs is a little bit still unclear. Correct. That is correct. It's almost like if you said I'm using X brand uh, tags, right, on my baby calves. And then as uh, as those calves grow and go into the next set of phases, there is a number. Let's assume everybody has tags, right? But they all have different brand tags. So pretty soon you end up, end up at a feedlot with 25 different types of tags, including sizes, colors, number systems, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, at that point, like I said, it makes it very, very difficult. If those tags remained the same brand, the same size, the same number sequence across the entire production system, then we owe it to the label to retain the specifications of implantation or reimplantation as described on labels. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? Well, I think uh, for the for the listening audience, it is important to keep uh, paying attention to what is coming out of FDA in the next few weeks, and it will not perhaps for us in the field be directly from FDA, but it will come through the representatives for each of those companies that will speak with us about uh, the potential changes that may still be coming. And and by changes, I mean uh, the labels will look different beginning pretty soon. I hear from manufacturers, Aaron, that uh, those boxes are already being shipped out and being used with new product. Uh, So there will be obviously uh, label changes in the foreseeable future. Please pay close attention to the products you choose ask many questions of the individuals that you procure implants from. And of course, keep in mind the destination of those cattle. If you foresee that uh, they're going to remain in your ownership or you work with somebody that knows you and you have a contractual agreement to grow cattle for that individual or corporation, then a deeper discussion on implant strategy is in order. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article, Highlights of Feedlot Implant Labeling Changes 
coming June 2023.